chalk. 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 <laughs> hello, hello. You're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. So, I got another podcast to tell you guys about first. Normally, I recommend shows that feature interviews with other musicians, but this one should appeal to you music makers out there who are trying to record on your own, or maybe if you're trying to get to the level where you can record other people, either for fun or as a business. There's this sound engineer, Joe Gilder, based out of Nashville, Tennessee, who does a podcast called Home Studio Corner. I've been a casual listener of his show for years. Uh, each episode, he'll do kind of a short rant on different topics related to making and recording music, DIY style. Sometimes it's more technical stuff. Sometimes he covers more uh, philosophical concepts. But they're always really interesting and informative. And then he'll answer a bunch of questions submitted to him by listeners and people who follow his website or his YouTube tutorials. Joe is super prolific with all the informational content he puts out. He's a total professional. He's been at it for years and is, of course, an excellent producer and musician in his own right. So again, that's Home Studio Corner, available on iTunes and I'm sure wherever else people listen to podcasts. He's got his YouTube channel, Joe Gilder Music, and his website, homestudiocorner.com. If you're a musician looking to learn more about recording or mixing, check him out. For episode 30, we have Beasley. Beasley is a terrific singer-songwriter and guitarist. Born in Mississippi, but uh, he grew up in a bunch of different places around the Southeast, spending the majority of his formative years in Kentucky. He came to Seattle back in 2012 or 2013, somewhere around there, and has been an active member of the local scene ever since, running the open mic at Connorburn, among other things. He recorded with uh, Ryan Price from Talking About the Passion, episode 20, and Drew Martin from episode 26. And I just saw him open for Drew at his album release show recently, and that was amazing. He really got the room going. Beasley came out with his very first album, For Years of Ambiguity, last year. It came out of a particularly rough patch in his life, but he seems to have come out ahead. When he came over to talk with me, he was very tan and smiley from his time working down in California. He was in good spirits. Before we dig into that, though, I'm going to play you a song off of his album. This song is called Four Years of Ambiguity. Lose. 
I'm not asking for you To be unkind or untrue Just to hold on Just to be And if we can meet there Between answers and despair It'll be worth our, our while
Well, like I spend a ton of time on the internet and I also hate it. You hate the internet or you hate, hate the fact the that internet. you spend so much time on it? Both. Like I, I resent the internet for like how good it makes me feel sometimes. <laughs> like I, no, no, you don't get to make me feel like, oh, like so many likes. That feels really good. Oh, the social or, media or, Yeah, thing. or like whatever. It's, it's weird. I, I don't, I feel creeped out by it. Yeah, it is a little strange. I think it kind of makes a lot of musicians or artists think a little more corporate or yeah, more calculated. I want to slap that <laughs> just out of my life. <laughs> if you want to like play music, then you need to uh, promote it with social media. Right. Yeah. There's the whole like social media hamster wheel that you got to yeah. get on as a band. To... But I mean, look at Drew Martin killing it. Exactly. He doesn't and do any of that stuff. And nope. he just people. Granted, people just love him so much that they just do it for him. <laughs> because that's he's true. the best. It's still going on. He just doesn't have to do it himself. Yeah, that's the ticket. Get but, good. Yeah, that is kind of the <laughs> the message with him is like you can just forget about all that stuff, and if you really just have something people want to hear, it kind of speaks yeah. for itself. Yeah, totally. So this is funny because I, I, well, let me just say it, and then I'll say what I think is funny about it. Sure. Um, I, my first thought was like, man, like I, I feel like I never actually have that much awareness when I'm making a song. I feel like it's just, sometimes it's just there, then other times it's like, I don't know, just diddling around and whatever. And it, then I just kind of like work at it. Mm -hmm. But most of the time it's not that clear, like, oh, I did this first, then it led to this and that. I never remember that stuff. Yeah. But then I just, I was playing by the uh, Russian River uh, near Hopland, whatever, in California. It's like my favorite spot. There's a rope swing, there's a shade tree. Cause like I, you know, I burn like a mofo <laughs> and yeah, the Russian river is like awesome. If you go to try to like swim out there on the coast, I, I, it's colder than here. I don't know how that is. Weird. But I think I, it like, gets a lot more sun. I ran out into that water and my feet just, by the time I was running out, like my feet were like cramping up and like, I was just trying to dig them into the sand to try and like, I warmed them up quickly <laughs> cause I was dying. But sorry, tangent. <laughs> Sitting by the Russian River, and I just, like, had my phone on, like, the voice memo thing, and I was just, I just pressed record, and I was just, like, playing, and I, you can hear me, like, make a mistake and then mm -hmm. run with it, and yeah. then I'm like, ooh, <laughs> and, yeah, I'm really excited about that one. I, I'm going to end up using part of it as uh, the end of another song. <laughs> it's it's going to be really... wow. <laughs> a lot of good stuff comes from making mistakes and playing the wrong notes. That's yeah. totally how I'll get like certain interesting chords totally. that pop up in my songs. It's just like I reach for the wrong thing, but it's it yeah. works. Yeah, just Man. inviting accidents. Yeah, and in some way, like being in a place of like not to panic. It's one of the things oh, yeah. that I love about Drew's music is that like he's such an open player. Where like he doesn't play it the same way every time. He's yeah. going for it every time he plays. It's. I don't know how he does this, but he like he one ups himself. He every plays time. it differently every time. Every time, yeah, yeah. But and, and but it's like he's like, whoa, man. He ends up like <laughs> surprising himself. Yeah, exactly. Like going somewhere that he couldn't have planned on, and uh, that's the best thing in life. It's kind of like know? jazz. Or sure, I've never been good at that, so I have no idea. Um, but I know when like me and Drew play, I swear it's like we go somewhere that I don't. I know I couldn't go by myself. Right, that right. like him messing with me and me kind of like, all right, I'll, I'll go a little bit and then I'm, I'm going to put it back to you. <laughs> and 
He takes the excitement up a few notches. Yeah. I don't know. That's just a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, are you thinking of gigging a lot more this year? You got stuff coming yeah. up? Yeah. Oh, man. So my goal right now is just to live it up in Seattle um, until it starts getting shitty. Mm-hmm. And then tour um, at least one weekend, like one like four-day weekend a month oh. until spring. Neat. So like... I don't know. Whatever. We're, I'm. I'm just gonna try and do it. Like I, I, I booking is my least favorite thing <laughs> in the world. Scheduling. Um, yeah. Like I'm. Emails. Man, even just like getting here today, it's like <laughs> it, the worst thing in my life is like coordinating and contacting. Uh, <laughs> it's like I love being with people. Right. Right. But like whenever I have to contact somebody or whatever, that means I'm not where I am. Yeah, the logistics. Yeah, it's like I'm planning for some future day, and I don't know what's going to happen. You can't live in the present. You got to plan for the future. It's all just an excuse. I just don't want to commit to anything because (laughs) something awesome might come up, and I'm like, damn. Oh, yeah, FOMO. (laughs) Well, I don't think there's too much going on at a Thursday at 2 in the afternoon, so hopefully we're good. Hey, tell that to everybody out there driving around. Yeah, I don't know They're what the, I don't know what that's about. There's no more rush hour. The whole day is rush hour. Yeah. It's always yeah. a mystery to me. But I'll let it say yes. I'm I'm really pumped about touring. Are you uh going to form a band or are you doing the solo singer-songwriter thing? I'm going to do different types of tours. Everything. So, uh I'm going to tour sort of form a, a band, but hopefully like so it, I feel like it's so hard to to tour with like a couple different bands because then you have you know like eight people or whatever. Uh, what I've been trying to figure out is how I can like I mean, essentially tour with less people, so yeah. That, so that we can still get the sound we need to fill the space in like a bar or whatever mm-hmm. else, depending on the types of venues we're playing in. Right. Um, but also like that being a way by reducing it, it being a way to kind of make it more feasible. Like yeah, monetarily less speaking. people to split the money with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear you there. Which I think is like half the reason I'm a, song, a singer-songwriter. <laughs> just, it's it's just easier. Like, it's so much easier. Shit, one more person, that's half. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you can only do certain types of venues with that and, mm-hmm. you know, not every occasion. But, like, some of my favorite stuff is, like, house shows. Like, that's, you know, like I... Yeah, you really get people listening at those sometimes. Yeah, and I, I really love living in that, like, spooky place, like, that energy, you know, like, that we can all share. Away um, from, like, a more commercial environment. Yeah. And it, it man, like, the uh, Connor Byrne, the last show I played there was my album release show. And uh, I swear it was, like, even though that was, like, a loud bar. Yeah. Like, it gets pretty drinks rowdy being there. made, whatever else. We were bringing it, and and I swear it was, like, I've never had this happen where, like, I feel like the crowd just, like, over-sang the bar. <laughs> it was just, like... Wow. Like, I was putting back my energy towards them, and they were pushing it right back towards me, and, like, our energies, like, hit head-to-head, and, like, they just, like, were forced to go up. And we were in this, like, rooted dreamland, like, still, like, hanging on to the ground, but floating through the sky. A little bit of a out-of-body experience? It was awesome. I mean, it was, but it, that's the thing. Like, it was rooted. Like, it, we're here. Like, we are this. Right. And you're we're still there. doing your thing. And we're like, 
it was so special. I don't uh, know. Sounds pretty transcendental. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than drugs. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah, so how long have you been in Seattle? I first came here on a road trip in 2012. Okay, um, yeah, so it's been a few years. Yeah. Well, and then I, I left for six months and did one of these work seasons mm -hmm. in, in California. And then I came back after that in uh, 2013. And I was here until uh, January 16th. Of this year? Of this year, yep. So are you from California originally? No. Uh, Mississippi, Maryland, Virginia, Kentucky in third grade until I was 16. And then we moved to California. Okay, but you've been all over. And half. Yeah, and then I went to college in Kentucky, West Kentucky University, go Tops. <laughs> Spent every summer at a, at a camp in Virginia, and then... So what feels most like home to you? Kentucky or...? It's funny, because I, I feel like I had to go away from home to find home within myself. And I feel like I can bring that home to Kentucky with me. Oh. Um, but I had, to be, I had to find my way outside of that influence to like find my own, to like find my voice. Right, you had to f kind of find yourself. Yeah. Um, and so, I, man, I, I just went back for my sister's wedding. Uh, man, what were we talking about? Oh, I was, so oh, you're not really Sorry. from anywhere in particular, but Kentucky might be uh, Kentucky's like, the place you have the closest relationship to. Yeah, you know, I went to college there, and I, I love my friends from college. We have so much fun. Oh, man. What's it like out there compared to the West Coast? Two different man, worlds. I don't know, man. It's its own thing. Because, uh, you know, like, just like here, it's like Seattle's like a bubble, right? Very much so, but yeah. But you, you go outside of Seattle and you'll get to, you know, Leavenworth. I, I don't know where. Yeah. I never leave. There's not much else out there. <laughs> I learned that recently going around, like, the Olympic Peninsula and stuff. Yeah. It's not a lot of people out there. <laughs> yeah. It's the Wild West. But, it yeah, it can be kind of, I don't know. Maybe, like, Trump voters. Yep, saw some Trump signs, for sure. Um, it's just very rural everywhere else around here, except the city, kind of. And I guess you got Tacoma and Olympia, too. But Yeah. Well, and it, it's funny. I was talking to someone last night that I feel like we're kind of split up right now because a lot of people living out in, like, the country, you know, they don't, they don't feel very much benefit from the government. And so they're like, oh, less government, because all they do is take from us. We don't get anything from them. Yeah. But then people that experience a lot of goods and services, like transit and other things like that, they're like, this is totally worth our money. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Let's keep this infrastructure going. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Um, and it's, it's funny where we're at right now, this kind of age old, I don't know, sort of split, but you know, it's, it's really ramped up now. Yeah. Just the difference between like the kind of person who would want to live in rural America versus the kind of person who wants to live in the city. That's just two completely different lifestyles. Yes. And, and, and also like the reason that, that I've loved like living in Ballard and like Magnolia yeah. is just like, because they feel almost like little, they're like the podunk. In they're Seattle. a little more, yeah, remote and because there's quieter. such a pain in the ass to <laughs> get to and leave from. I, there's a, there is definitely a part of me that loves just like, being a homebody. Mm -hmm. Like whenever uh, we were moving out, somebody put this like couch out on the curb and on a uh, Dravis um, going up that big hill, you know, and I used to love sitting out there and drinking beer and waving the cars as they went up. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's one of my it's favorite things. Yeah, man. When I was a kid, there's this guy, 
Uh, I used to work with my dad. There's this guy near like the the loading station where we picked up all their plants to deliver and whatnot. That uh, that dude was just sitting out there in like on a couch in his yard. The thing had to have been like through rain, sleet, and snow and whatever else. But right, he didn't this mind. was not somewhere where it's dry. This is yeah. This is like Appalachia. volatile weather. Yeah. <laughs> Storms. Yeah, I mean they had to be squishy sometimes. But I swear he was like always out there, unless you like maybe he had a tarp, you know. But you saw him and you were like, I want to be that one day. Yeah. I was like, that guy's got it. I'm working and that guy's not. <laughs> He's on to something. Yeah. I, I, it's so funny because like I do – I work like a fiend. But it's just like because I don't actually want to work. I want to get all my work right. done and then enjoy my life. <laughs> yeah. You divide it up. Yeah. You're in work mode and then you're in live your life mode. Yeah. Yeah, sense. trying to get better at that, that's hard. Yeah. Changing's weird. Changing? Yeah. What uh, changes have been going on for you recently, would you say? I'm trying to, like, I've, I've just started to realize, like, what people mean by, like, self-care and, like, what that means. I didn't realize that until it was, like, falling apart. And I, could, I was, like, watching myself, like, disintegrate. <laughs> just, like... Just because I had no boundaries and so uh, work demanded this or then someone else needed this and just like losing pieces of myself over and over and over because mm. I didn't have enough firm boundaries. I was willing to give and give and give. I, I was finding that I was losing every part of myself and, you know, yeah, this is going to be a tune later. So I guess spoiler into that. Spoiler song. alert. All right. But... um when every every extra mile chips away at my smile, pretty soon I won't be able to chew food. Mm. How will I sustain my life then? And it's like every extra little thing keeps taking a little bit more, a little bit more. You know, I was I was finding myself like even like my joy, you know, like chipping away at my smile and like mm. not even having any energy left to like to love. And every day finding a new low and being like on one hand, like, you know, I've I've never needed to be this tough and it feels good to be tough, but like, damn, like this blows. Wow. So <laughs> and, how long ago was this? This is um, recent. This is a couple like a few months ago, a couple months ago it was like when it was like, I got to a point where I was like, wow, like, all right. <laughs> I was talking to Drew and I said, I said for like the saddest thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> I was like, he was just like silent. I was like, whoa, that came out. <laughs> and uh, just realized like, like, man, like, all right, I need to like, I need boundaries. Like, this is why they say like that self-care is really important. It's, it's like making sure that I, I have like a depth of self, like that's just for me. And I can like give a lot, but I also need to like make sure I'm taking care of myself in order to be able to keep giving uh, so this I don't know it's really simple but for whatever reason like I I like I have to just like learn something the hard way then I'm like oh I believe you now I guess <laughs> <laughs> trial and error I suppose yeah man this place that you're in now I imagine that helps you focus more on your music is music a form of self-care for you totally yeah one of the things that I so one of the things that I did was just go to an uh open mic uh Arlene Francis Center um, in Santa Rosa, California. I went to an open mic over there and, uh, man, just like a bunch of people showing up and like bringing their energy and their songs and what they're doing. And, 
you know, it reminded me of the stuff at Connor Byrne and everywhere else. So just like people, just brave people living their lives and being around that kind of strength fed a part of my soul that allowed me to like, you know, in, in sharing my soul there, like that fed me, even though it was exhausting and my feet felt terrible, like going anyways and doing it fed a different part of myself that I needed fed. Hmm. Um, yeah, open mics can be really good for that sometimes. Yeah, man. It's like, cause I feel like so much of my, like I, I went to school for music and then I hated everything I did. I basically used my like new vocabulary and understanding of music to bash every idea I had. <laughs> oh no. I know. That sounds very much like self-sabotage. Not, yeah, totally. That was one of the first things like my therapist dared me to do was to go to an open mic. But I was like, I'm really lazy sometimes. Um, I like say like I want to do something that I won't do anything. Right. You'll be back <laughs> at the couch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. That's like, that's my favorite thing to do. Um, second is to like play music. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. It's close second. <laughs> yeah. Close second. Yeah, but all, all of that to say that writing some music, even if it wasn't whatever, like it's not at the end. It doesn't have to be like this perfect shining thing. Mm-hmm. But like it's a journey. Absolutely. Like playing music and like it's an exercise of being okay with today. Like it's not that you don't want more, but like saying like, hey, like look at where we are. Yeah. And like living in the moment. Yeah, there's still like beauty here. And there's beauty in the struggle. There's nothing more real than not being all the way there. <laughs> than like, you know, wanting something to like, you know, to feel right, but still to have something a little bit off that you just can't find. And like, that's the human condition. For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I had, so open mics have been huge for me. And um, you've also hosted your fair share of open mics, right? Yeah. J- just in Seattle? Um, yeah, that. It was funny, like that I I broke my arm and then I was like on all these pain meds and I just needed some like good energy in my life. <laughs> and I went to to the uh, Conoburn open mic just to like sit there and absorb some like good energy because I just had all of mine just like taken. It felt like just I was empty. Mm. And I was sitting there with like my cast on and whatever and, there, and Faustine was like, hey, so you've uh, like – you've run sound and stuff before, right? And I was like, yeah. It's like, well, uh, no one's here to do this tonight. Could you do it? And I was like, I mean, I'm on drugs, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're like, you did a really good job. You want to do this again? And I was like, yeah. Because uh, wow. I, had, I had like, when Dan was leaving, I had like asked, like I wanted to do that um, whenever the previous host left. And uh, they chose somebody else. Mm. It's funny, just how life works. Yeah, just coincidences. Yeah, and so all that saved up to hit me, where like I didn't really have much that was going well in my life, and then and something came at the right time. Yeah, that was the that was the one thing on on my schedule that like I look forward to every week. It was grounding, and it was like I don't know. It's 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 beautiful to be around people, and uh, yeah, people letting their light shine. Yeah, that's, that's people are really about. passionate about what they do and they're honest yeah. and they're open. When it's all a journey. And yeah. so like people there that, you know, are just starting out and you've got people there that come every week and have been coming, whatever. But then like 
so like when, one of the last like three open mics I was at, I, I heard somebody that just kind of like took over the room. They weren't a different person. They were just more themselves than they had been. And it was like they let, they let a part of themselves like just take it. And their wings were just like, just like, you know, they, they were filling wildly. up. Yeah, they were like, you know, just filling up the room. And uh, it was like, whoa. That's yeah. What that's what it's all about. <laughs> and yeah, it is. That's what it is all about. <laughs> wow. So kind of speaking of that, what got you into songwriting in the first place? Like, who were you listening to that really inspired you to, to take that on? <laughs> well, like, I don't know, because, I mean, like, I learned guitar out of spite. Because, what, what does that mean? <laughs> like, uh, uh, some of my friends in, like, middle school were, like, starting a band. And, uh, like, oh, I want to play guitar for the band. Like, it, they just basically were like, no, like, we don't, you don't know how to play and basically the inference is like you and you probably won't be very good even if you did uh, <laughs> yeah so they were just being jerks totally and i was like oh yeah <laughs> i'll show you yeah totally and so i just like lived with a guitar for you know this classical that like would not actually play in tune <laughs> like the neck was just like you know it was it was unhappy but um learning all these different shapes and sounds and whatever else, like just there in my room, you know, just, yeah, just playing and just you and the guitar. I don't, I don't know if, if I was writing yet. I started, uh, playing guitar at church, like youth group somewhere in there in that, in that time frame. That's when I started writing and like, I didn't share them with anyone at first. Yeah. I was just like, they were private. Yeah. And a buddy of mine heard me playing in a room. I was like, dude, that's a sweet song. And, uh, yeah, then I started a band with some friends. Uh, that was really fun. And this was in Kentucky? Yeah, this is in, yeah, in Owensboro, Kentucky. Yeah, I remember playing. We played the most ridiculous shows. Oh, my gosh. We played in this church that, like, it was a bunch of, like, elementary school kids that were, like, at this, like, little tiny church in Rio, Indiana. And, like, we, like, drove, like, you know, four to five minutes or whatever to go to this show and, like, play. And it's just, like, there's, like, kind of a sound system, kind of not. And we're just, like, oh, my gosh, what are we getting into? <laughs> I'm, like, these are not – none of these kids are going to buy an album or <laughs> whatever. Those were uh, adventures. <laughs> it's the best way I could think of them. Who was I listening to? Uh, Foxhole, a uh, band from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Loved their music. Onothalo. They were like probably the biggest influence on me. I saw them at a, somebody was like talking them up super, super big. Brandon Miles was talking them up like crazy. We had just played a show at uh, WKU the night before and they were playing on, so it was a, we played on a Friday night. They were playing on a Saturday night. So sure, like we'll stick around, and so we we went to this show in the basement of uh, Westminster Bible Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky, like low ceiling, and uh, they took me on a ride that like I I wasn't even ready for. What kind of music are they? 
Oh, man. There's like eight of them. Oh, it's a big band. It's a big band. And like singer-songwriter stuff turned like like a kind of rock that has like a almost like a classical like symphonic yeah, style. A big sound. Yeah. Epic. Yeah, like they had one of those really big drums and for like, you know, a couple times of the song, you know, and it just Timpani it was, or something. God, it was like they they were so creative. It was like it was so awesome. There was one part where they had this uh this song was talking about like chains and they they had this one of the eight or nine guys was had a chain by a mic and was like dropping it and then letting it just collect in his hand. Wow, that's pretty inventive. But it, and and like I had never seen you know I was like from Philpot, Kentucky, like had never seen this, and uh, we had this little like camcorder, um, and uh, we were just I remember after the show driving home it was like we were all on drugs. I, my mind was so blown. You're just steamrolled by that experience. Seriously. And so I, I went to like every show that of theirs that was within driving distance for a long time. Cool Hand Luke. I listened to their album, Wake Up, O Sleeper, for like countless hours. Wow. Sometimes that's all we, me and my friends would do is just like sit down, put their album on and just like listen. Just hang out and take it in. Yeah. And if we had something to say, then we'd say something. But so much time was just spent just like <sighs> sitting on a couch drinking a beer, but no, yeah, because by the road. I was a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> the kid version of that. Yeah, exactly. So your album for years of ambiguity. Yeah. That's your first album? Yeah. So I guess that was a long time coming. Man. Yeah. Four years. <laughs> no. Ah. You so you wrote the songs on that album over the course of like four years? Yeah, over four years, yeah. That was like the the hardest thing I've ever done. Just making that album? Yeah. Nothing has ever like required more of me than that really? process. Um, what about it was so difficult for you? Because uh, I guess I guess in so many ways, like so many of these songs are, I don't know. like They I, seem awfully personal. <laughs> they are. Um, you get straight to the point. Yeah, I mean. Emotionally. No, it's, 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 it's my roadmap home where I go and like I can, I don't know, like I, I guess in some way, it's like I, I remember where I've been. I don't know. In some way, like I'm always like making peace with myself. So it's kind of like a meditation. Yeah, I'm not really sure what meditation is. Thinking? Just, well, I th no, I think it's the absence of thinking. Just huh. being in tune with, I don't know, I don't meditate either, but it seems like something you do that just relaxes you and kind of, like you said, brings you home. In yeah. Some way. So I guess that's probably your feeling when you're performing these songs, right? Yeah. No, it's, I was thinking about this today as I was, I was driving up. I don't know. I feel like it, it gets all like kind of tricky. Like, is it that? Is it not? I, I don't know. And, and I, I guess no one can really say. These songs are like, uh, I guess they all, they all came out of like a, an impactful time. Like, I don't know if I have any songs that I just like. Just create casually. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't, like I'm open to that, but I guess that hasn't been why I've played most of the time. And I, and I, it's funny because it's, it's, it's almost like it, it takes more for me to get to sit with myself than hmm. just like casual times. I feel like normally it's like shit hits the fan and then like I need to like collect. So you need, need, you need music in a moment of crisis. Yeah. So that's why a lot of these songs are very like... Dour? 
Yeah. Kind like of intense. I, yeah. And, uh, but the, uh, just when I was kind of listening to the album briefly, it kind of ends on a more optimistic note. Yeah. That last song kind of just, yeah. Letting things Man. be. No, what a trip. So it's funny. So like on that, um, on the cover of that album, there's a, that's a very funny cover too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> a donkey chilling at the beach. Totally. The, an umbrella made of sewn together Hawaiian shirts. A stick on a carrot. Um, my friend Kyle Todaro uh, drew all of that. He he put, I like I I shared with him what they meant to me, and he like brought them to life in a way that like I've never, I couldn't have done it any better wow. if I was that kind of artist. <laughs> wow, that's really masterful. It, it's beautiful. Like I'm, it was incredible, in, incredible. But on, on this album, it, I guess man, it's it's just it's all part of a big. Like my life, it's like my whole life. It's a kind snapshot, kind of. Kinda. Yeah, like the last four years of like coming here and feeling this is this is a good place to like. I found a rest here. Here being Seattle. Seattle, yeah. That's what you see, like this this donkey sitting on the on the beach, um, a little bit of shade, and I think all the while like the donkey saying like, "It's hot, Don," which like this big like whatever, throw back to Kentucky because that was a big, uh, Don Moore Automotive, it's hot, Don. These deals are hot. Whatever. It's, it's a whole commercial that okay, so that's has invaded my commercial. whole life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's kind of like <laughs> kind of like me and uh, Bob's furniture. Yeah. Come on down. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this one was, it's hot, Don. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just complaining about the heat and the sand, whatever, but never – so, like, one of the strengths of the donkey is, like, being able to resist, like, movement. So, like, you know, once a donkey, like, a donkey, like, digs in its heels, it's yeah, like – Yeah, the stubborn donkey. Exactly. It's like you – it's like – it's a thing. <laughs> um, and there's the carrot on the stick and uh, – He doesn't seem too interested in that carrot. Yeah. And I think a whole lot of my life has been in response to the carrot on the stick. Hmm. And so even though I wasn't willing to to follow that carrot on a stick anymore, I was still living in response to it by mm. refusing to get up, even if I didn't want to go their direction or the direction of that, that leading. Yeah. Um, you hadn't found your own direction. I, I, I was still frozen where I was because I do it because I because the one little like sliver of like goodness or like little piece that I didn't want to give up was like that being that stubborn, being unmovable, like gave me a little bit of like, yeah, like uh, a little bit of like self-worth in a way of like, huh. yeah, well, you can't move me. Um, but all the while, like to my own like suffering and like knowing there's more yeah, to life, mm-hmm. but not wanting to give up the one little thing that you're holding on to that I'm holding on to. That's like what I've got left. And it looks pretty dry from where I'm at. I, I hear tell there's a river. There's a Puget Sound. I don't know. But I haven't seen it. Hmm. And uh, there, there being this, basically coming to a point of, like, frustration with where I was. I, I swear, like, somewhere between, like, having faith that there's more out there and just saying, fuck it. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Hmm. Like, getting up and going over this ridge or whatever and finding a river where on the on the back side of the, of the album 
there's a like a a jubilant donkey, <laughs> you know, shaking the water off and oh, whatever. So that's the end of that journey. He found the river. Yeah, found the river, and uh, you know all that dirt and that grime, shaking it off, letting his coat shine, and uh, what I call shaking off the shoulds. Um, you mean I should do that? I should do this. Yeah, and I uh, should get my fridge fixed. <laughs> I had so many things that I thought I should do this and I had, I had to carry all of these shoulds and I had to, everything that I did had to kind of, you know, balancing all of these shoulds and, it, and I just, it was paralyzing. Shaking off the shoulds, really like the, the things that I was complaining about, the sand and the water or what made that cool river so great. Like the very things I was complaining about are actually yeah. what made, what make it, huh. what, what really make it. Yeah. It's almost like not, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. of like, even though people misused goodness to their end, doesn't mean there is no goodness. It's a pretty heavy idea. <laughs> wow. So there's I was a- pretty heavy for a long <laughs> yeah. time. I mean, the, the album is heavy in a, in a very good way, though. It's very compelling listening. Yeah. Um, where does your musical journey go from here, then? That's out and you're kind of in this new place. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I don't know. Like you said, you're going to kind of casually tour and yeah. embrace that a little um, more and kind of just see where things take you. Yeah. What well, I mean, this album is still, I mean, I haven't done this like a, a really like a tour with this album yet. Right. So, I mean, I like did it and like came out with it because I had to. I had to get out there. Yeah. Like I, I could not hold it inside any longer. And then went and did this work season, whatever, coming back. And so I'm, I want to tour with that album. Um, all the while, like, I've got, I don't know, like, I, all, all I'm here to do is to to shine, I guess. You know, to do my thing, play some music, foster, like, my own growth and the people around me through the open mic. I'm, I, I've got a lot of ideas, a lot of things that I, that I want to do. I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna try it. Yeah. And see what happens. Sounds good. Yeah. You, you know. seem like you're pontificating a lot. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Just you seem like you're really weighing a lot of different options here. Yeah. You're thinking about a lot of different themes right now and how they might tie into your. Yeah. To your music in the future. No, totally. Because there's, well, that, that's the whole thing. It's like there's so much involved with touring and like, you know, I, I would like to get a place where I could do house shows and use that to like feature people from open mic who need the exposure. Yeah. Um, and also to like get in some touring acts, people that are on the road that are playing and they want to play for people who want to listen doing that. Um, and that also being a way to make contacts outside of the state or wherever else where we're going to tour. Um, so that feeding that sort of hope, then doing different things around town. <laughs> My buddy Kyle candidly started calling it uh, Beasley presents. Beasley presents. Yeah, where I'd, it's similar. Where I just book, I, I bring like my own sound system and like uh, do shows. Like we, the last few we did, we're at the Outlander Brewery, hmm. um, just in the back of there. Just you know, baby steps for like people that can't. I would say can't get a show, but like when you first move here, it's like it doesn't matter how talented you are. Like if you don't have a draw, like that's yeah. really all they care about. Yeah, they're a business. They got <laughs> to get butts in the seats. Yeah. Or else they're in trouble. And so, like, my idea was to get, like, seven. So I ask an artist, and I ask them to bring seven people. Because you know seven people. 
there are seven people at your work. There's seven people, whatever. And if you can't get them to a show, then you're just screwed. Make more friends. <laughs> no, but seven people. You get three people to do that. That's 21. 21 people in, in like a small space is enough to get people. Mm. That's 14 people that this person doesn't know that their music is being intro- int- introduced to. And I do it on a round. So everybody gets the exposure to all their songs. Awesome. Um, so everybody sticks around. And if you brought it, and you might have 14 new fans on top of your seven. So that's you can go to a show and say, I've got 21 people that want to go to a show and, and get one. On, yeah, yeah. You know, opening up for somebody on a Tuesday, whatever. But you can get a show with that. Totally. And so that's sort of the, the idea behind that, that whole thing. It's, it's sort of a – it's not as good as a, like a gig, but, but it's, it's a, a great place step. to start, yeah. Yeah, out of the elevator. All right, Beasley Presents. <laughs> All right, well, thanks so much again for, for coming over today. Totally. It's a fun chat. I think we tackled a lot of stuff. <laughs> Thank you. This is my first podcast ever. It was I was really nervous about coming over here. So it's oh, don't need to be kind of cool. <laughs> Quite a guy, that Beasley. I'm really glad I got to sit down and talk with him. I hope he gets to keep playing some some good gigs, get the name out there. If you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Sign up for the Niagara Moon mailing list if you want to get weekly updates on the podcast and for my musical projects. Go to niagaramoonmusic.com and scroll down to enter in your email address. Find the podcast on Facebook at Talking About the Passion. I'm also on Twitter at TATP Podcast and on Instagram at Niagara Moon Music. If you'd like to write in with any suggestions, questions, or comments about the podcast, please email TATPPodcast at gmail.com. As always, the theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my recent album, Eating Peaches. I'm going to play one more Beasley song now. This is called Let It Shine. Thanks again so much for listening, and I will be back next Wednesday. Also, be sure to tune in tomorrow for a bonus episode of Talking About the Passion. We will have the uh, fifth edition of Just the Music. All right, bye-bye.
shouted out through all the vessels of light. Let it shine through all the vessels of light. Let it shine through all the vessels of light. The truth you tell doesn't invite us to shine. Then your truth is based on a lie. Come on. See the light for all vessels of light. Let it shine.